We bring you the richest blessings from God's Word and the Chowchilla Church of Christ podcasting to you live today. And we thank you in the listening audience for paying such loving attention and lasting attention to the Holy Word of God and the things that we are trying to accomplish with relevance to you who are listening so that you can share and care for others. With that being said, we want to ask, would you be so kind, join us in the opening prayer. It is again, Lord, that we come to you today with our hearts open, with our minds ready to receive, with our spirits rejoicing that we have such a blessed privilege to come to you in prayer. You already know what we don't and what we don't, you do. Everyone listening, including myself, will you be so kind, Lord, to bless us again and again. We know in the past you did it last year. Will you do it all year long this year, 2022? And will you show us and will you see us and will you save us from Satan, from sin, from ourselves and from any sorrow? And as you do and when you do, we will be mindful to thank you again and again. In Jesus name, will you bless us right now as we hurry and scurry to the teaching of your word in his name. Amen, amen, and amen. Once again, we have been tremendously blessed with the teaching that comes from God's word. And today's lesson is about commitment. And we titled that lesson, Commitment to Christ Means Being Faithful. If you've been following our podcast since last year, Our major opening umbrella and theme is, what does the Bible say? And for the last few lessons, we have been using as a topic, faith. And today, we want to talk with you about your commitment to Christ means being faithful. Your commitment to Christ means being faithful and my commitment to Christ means being faithful. And so if you don't mind, here we go. One of the main challenges of being in Christ is commitment. And while yet commitment is not a word spelled out necessarily in the Bible, the word commit is, as a matter of fact, The word commit is deeply rooted in the fiber of biblical scriptures 67 times with some 75 matches. As a matter of reference, there are two scriptures using the word commit. 
which render instruction for us as God's people to commit our lives completely to him. Psalm 37, five, commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. And Proverbs 16, three, commit your works unto the Lord and your thoughts shall be established. You see, Psalm 37, five says, commit your way unto the Lord. This would be our lives. You see, Proverbs 16, three says, commit your works unto the Lord. This would be everything you and I do. So we're talking about and talking with each other about this morning, this day, commitment to Christ means being faithful. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, the apostle Paul writes to Timothy these words, and those things that you have heard from me, you will be able to teach to others also who are faithful men. Those faithful men who are committed, Paul says, commit those same things that you learned from me to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Commitment to Christ means being faithful. Faithfulness comes from hearing and obeying the word of God, Romans 10, 17. The more you and I read, the more you and I listen to, and the more you and I obey the word of God, the more faithful we will become. Thus, the more committed we will be. We hope that makes sense. Commitment to Christ means I do it when I don't feel like doing it. Commitment to Christ means I go when I don't want to go. Commitment to Christ means I change when I don't want to change. Commitment to Christ means I become the person the Lord wants me to be and not the person I've always been. Commitment to Christ means I don't see how little I can do in the church and wait for someone else to pick up the slack. I ask the Lord, what can I do for him? Commitment to Christ means I stop using my job, business, school, and my personal stuff as excuses for the Lord and to the Lord for not serving him wholeheartedly. In Psalm 119, verse two, the Bible says, David writes, blessed are they who keep his testimonies and who seek him with all their heart. Commitment to Christ means attending all the services, programs, events, and functions of the church that belongs to the Lord. Staying in his will, staying in his word, and staying in his way. Which reminds me of this funny story. There's this guy named Joe. He finds himself in dire trouble. His business has gone bust and he is in serious financial straits. He is so desperate that he decides to ask God for help. 
He begins to pray like this. God, please help me. I've lost my business. And if you don't get me some money, I'm going to lose my house as well. Please let me win the lotto. Lotto night comes and somebody else wins it. Joe again prays, God, please let me win the lotto. I've lost my business, my house, and I'm going to lose my car as well. Lotto night comes again. Joe still has no luck. Once again, he prays, my God, why have you forsaken me? I've lost my business. I've lost my house and I've lost my car. My wife and my children are starving. I don't often ask you for help and I've always been a good servant to you. Please, Lord, just let me win the lotto this one time so I can get my life back in order. Suddenly, there is a blinding flash of light. As the heavens open and Joe is confronted by the voice of God himself, Joe, meet me halfway on this, buy a ticket. Moral of story, you must invest your best in your spiritual success. One of the primary biblical examples of commitment is Joshua, the man of God of the Old Testament. Notice chapter 24, 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, some people believe it's evil. Some of them think it's ungodly. Some of them think it's atheistic to serve the Lord. Joshua raises the statement to the children of Israel in the Old Testament in this passage, Joshua 24, 15. And if it seem evil, if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods, small g-o-d-s, which your fathers, your ancestors served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods, still little g-o-d-s, of the Amorites, those were Gentiles, those were heathens in whose land you dwell or live. Joshua says, make a choice, Israelites. Today, ladies and gentlemen, make a choice. It doesn't seem evil to you to serve the Lord. Make a choice. Are you going to serve the gods that you always serve? Uh, the pleasures, the riches, the, the stuff, just have it your way? He says, in an example, here are the words. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's commitment. That is the commitment that we are ascribing and addressing today. Commitment to Christ means as for me and my house, not just me, but every single person in my house, my husband, my wife, my children, my cat, my dog, my goldfish, everything in my house, Joshua says, is serving God. You talk about commitment. Wow, that's commitment. But not only that, how to commit to Jesus Christ if you and I never have? Well, that's an easy one to do, but it's a little bit more difficult to maintain. There are some ingredients 
And there are some elements. Number one, we mention in Psalm 37 and verse five, it says, commit yourself unto the Lord. Number two, in Ephesians 5 verse 21, the Bible says, submit yourself unto the Lord. Number three, in John 20 and verse 23, it says, remit your sins unto the Lord, which means change and get away from them. And then number four, admit your shortcomings to the Lord and that you want to follow him. First John 1 and verse 9. So we have in gist, commit, which means give ourselves to, submit, which means go under to, remit, which means change to, and admit, which means say to, all in the direction, ladies and gentlemen, of the good Lord. This is how we commit to Christ. And it means that you and I become faithful. It's interesting to me that as simple as it sounds, some people struggle with doing it. Why is that? Because it takes a made up mind, not hard, but it takes a made up mind to compare how one honestly is living their life right now compared to how they could live and better their life later on. Look at the comparison. Even though happiness and enjoyment and comfortableness are on the table, your table and mine, right now, the things that make you happy, the things that you and I enjoy, the things that make you and I comfortable, nothing wrong with those at all. But you mean to tell me, ladies and gentlemen, that's all to you in my life? What about the time it's coming that you and I are going to have to leave our happiness, the things that we enjoy? We get or become uncomfortable. What will we have then? The word of God is very clear on this. It teaches you and I clearly, and Jesus said it best in the Gospel of John, chapter 10 and verse 10. He says, the thief comes, but not for to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I am come so that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. What is Jesus talking about there? Jesus is talking about quality of life more than quantity of life. Jesus is talking about eternality. Jesus is talking about everlasting life. Jesus is talking about eternal life. Jesus is talking about life after death. Heaven sent, going to heaven. You know you and I are going to leave here whether we believe it or not. I know a whole bunch of people who didn't believe they were going to go. They didn't believe they were going to leave. They didn't believe they were going to die. Maybe someone out there listening thinks that because of the food they eat, the vitamins they take, the exercise they do, all are good. Prolonging our lives physically. 
giving us health and strength in our bodies. But ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is very clear on this. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter nine and verse 27, it is appointed unto mankind once to die. But after this, the judgment. Now, if that second part of that verse wasn't in there, I might want to do like the renowned hip hop singer Prince. He says, we're going to party until we die. But that second part of that verse gets me. It says, but after death, the judgment. If I could just get rid of that part that afterwards, if you could just tear it out of your Bible, if I could just take a marker and mark through it, if I could rip it out, if I could tell the Lord I don't believe it and, and wish it away and, and make it not be truthful. But ladies and gentlemen, it's true. There is an after death. It is not some spooky, weird imagination and figment of somebody's mind that we're talking about here. It's real. Every one of us has either heard, witnessed, seen, or been at a funeral. I'm not trying to scare your socks off. I'm not trying to scare your boots off. I'm trying to tell you reality. That is going to happen after this is the judgment. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse 10, the apostle Paul writes these words. And we will all stand and make an appearance at the judgment seat of Christ. We do not know when, but we do know how. Paul in his description says this. We will give an account. You and I will give an account of everything done in our bodies, our minds, our souls and our spirits, whether it be good or whether it be bad. We're going to give an account. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. After this this life. Well, Melvin, what about all the, the happiness and the enjoyment and the comfortableness and the peace and all of that after this? Now, enjoy it now. Nothing wrong with that. But make sure, ladies and gentlemen, you include the Almighty God as your creator, Jesus Christ as your Savior, and the Holy Spirit as your Redeemer. Because if you and I don't I don't hate to tell you, I love to tell you, but I'm sad in telling you and I, if we don't, we will be lost. Ah, Melvin, I don't believe in that heaven hell stuff. Well, you may not, but that doesn't change it. Let me read a scripture to show you why. If you have your copy of God's word, and even if you don't, you might write it down. It is in the book of Romans, I'm turning there, chapter 3 and verse 3. Listen to these words. For what if some people don't believe? Does their unbelief make the faith of God's word without effect? The answer is no. Because you don't believe, because I don't believe, does not null and void God's word, ladies and gentlemen. That doesn't change the after this. God is going to do what he said, whether you and I believe it or not. Amen to that. Thank you, God.
The Bible says in verse four of Romans chapter three, right after that, it says, for as it is written, let God be true and every human being a liar. That you and I might be justified in his sayings, his word, and that being justified, we can overcome and come over at the time of judgment. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 31, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Unprepared. The song says unprepared to meet God. Naked. No spiritual clothing, unprepared, no spiritual dressing, loss, no spiritual direction, but hell, fire and brimstone. The Bible says it clearly in Revelation 20 and verse number 10. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be lost. I don't want to end up in hell. I don't want to be down there where there will be wailing and screaming and gnashing of teeth. I don't want to be there in outer darkness where the worm never dies and the fire is not put out and quenched. I don't want to be there where I never see God's face in peace. I don't want to be there, ladies and gentlemen, where I won't ever but imagine a million times over and over again that I wish I could have, I would have, I should have, but I didn't will torment me forever. No, my friends, I don't want to be there. I want to be with God. I want to be where the rainbow shines, created by God, the heavenly rainbow. I want to walk the streets of gold, figuratively speaking. I want to enter through the pearly gates, symbolically. I want to touch the tree of life and pluck the fruit that will replenish my eternality every day. I want to go through and I want to see God's face on the throne. I want to hug and kiss Jesus Christ. I want to, ladies and gentlemen, be in that place where there's no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sickness, no more death, no more weeping, no more none of this former stuff of this life, for it will all be gone. And the totality of your and my experience when we get there, you think this good times here, let the good times roll on the other side. We will never die anymore. There's a song. It says never grow old. I tell you, the Bible is right. It's so wonderful. I want to read it in first Corinthians chapter two, the apostle Paul begin to describe how beautiful heaven and eternal life will be for you and I. Listen to him now as he writes in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse number 9. Eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard, neither has it entered into the heart and mind and soul and body those things which the almighty God has prepared for them that love him. Notice who all these things that we just mentioned a few moments ago are for. They're for you and I on the condition 
that we have prepared ourselves to love him. For God is love, 1 John 4, verse 8, and I must show my love to him, John 14, 15. Jesus says, if you love me, do what I say and keep my commandments. These things are prepared. Eternity, everlasting life, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It has not been encompassing in you and I, unimaginable, beyond our wildest, fondest dreams, how beautiful heaven must be. I tell you today, in verse 10, Paul says it this way, but God, thank you, Paul, has revealed unto you and I by the Holy Spirit some of these things to give us a bird's eye view and a comparison that over there will be far greater than here. Don't get it twisted. Don't get hung up. And ladies and gentlemen, don't get stuck thinking they're all every and this is it here because it's not. After this is the judgment. If you and I are not on the right side, as figuratively speaking, sheep, we will be on the left side, symbolically as goats. He will say, based on Matthew 25, to those on the right hand, welcome, well done. You have been faithful to me and come on in. He will say to those on the left side, depart from me. You're not welcome. You cannot come in. Why, Lord? Because you didn't love me and you didn't do what I said. You spent your whole life doing what you wanted to do. You spent your whole life committing to yourself, committing to others, committing to things, committing to people. Committing to stuff, committing yourself to whatever you wanted and pleased you. And now it's too late, the Lord will say. Because once you leave this life and once I leave this life or once Jesus comes, there's no turning back. There's no turning around. There's no turning in. The Bible says, It'll be too late. Right now, if you want to commit to Christ, this means you have to change. You have to want to change the way you and I are. Somebody says, well, Melvin, I'm already close enough to God. Are you really? Are you sure? For the Bible says in 2 Peter 1 and verse 10, make your calling and election very sure for certain. For absolute, no doubt, if there's not any doubt based on his word, you're good. But if there's just one little speck, one little iota of doubt in your mind, in my mind right now about where you are with Jesus, you better get rid of that because that little speck, that little iota of doubt can be the interfering thing that causes you and I to be lost. As we close this lesson, today, 
You don't have to be uncommitted. You can be committed. How, Melvin? Like this. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? You should answer yes to that. The Bible says that he is. Jesus said in himself in John 8, 24, if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And where I am, you just cannot come. Well, where are you, Jesus? Jesus is in heaven, seated at the right hand of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, the reference. If you believe Jesus Christ is the son of God, that means you will be willing to repent of your past sins. Change your mind. Lord, I'm tired of living the way I want to live. I want to live for you. You will be willing to confess and commit. Lord, I want you to be part of my life. I do believe. And you will be willing to be baptized to get your sins all washed away. How? By the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It is an operation of faith. As you go down into the baptism waters, all of your bad deeds, your bad thoughts, your bad actions, your bad stuff is washed away. I've experienced that. And the Bible says the Lord will add you to his kingdom, his church, his family. Commitment to Christ means being faithful. Being faithful means being obedient. The choice is yours today. I made up my mind. I'm going to be committed to Christ because on that day, I want him to say those sweet words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Don't you please close out with us in prayer. Father, we thank you again for these words that are wonderful. The wonderful words of life. Bless the listeners and the hearers that all of us be doers and not hearers and listeners only. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask, if you'd like a copy of any of our podcast lessons, feel free to listen. You can simply just type on your device, Child Chiller Church of Christ podcast. And it will pull up the episodes. We are actually, as of today, airing or broadcasting the podcast on Saturdays and Tuesdays. Every Tuesday and every Saturday, you can listen to them as long or as much as you desire. You may also email us at Christ at gmail.com. Or you may directly call us at any time if we may assist you in any way spiritually at area code 559 223 one nine seven three. Once again, that number to call us directly if you need any assistance from us is 559-223-1973. Now, may God bless you really good. And if you're in the area and you want to be with us in our worship service tomorrow, our address is 701 Trinity Avenue, Chowchilla, California. Our Sunday morning Bible study is at nine o'clock a.m. and our worship is at 10 a.m. We invite you to be our honored guests. God bless you really good.
fierce display. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. When through the world and forest glades I Savior God to thee.